What these Unlocked Women conferences mean to me is I think it's a wonderful time for, even though men are invited, but it's really for women, about women. And it's a wonderful time for us to come together and get re-centered, re-energized in the things of God. This is a crazy world. And sometimes it's very confusing for a woman, especially if you're too soft, women don't respect you. If you're too tough, men roll their eyes at you. And so it, the world can be a very confusing place, but it's so beautifully simplistic when it's laid out in the things of God and in the, in the Bible and Bible principles. It really brings us back to center and lets us know how really simple it is that if we just depend on God and trust Him, we can do anything and everything. And that's what I get out of these conferences. It's a beautiful way to recenter, re-energize, and, and feel like you can conquer anything and everything. So I hope you'll join us. We have so much fun and, and get serious, serious energy and, and new life for, for the months to come. Join us, please. At the Women's Conference, I have experienced um, a move of God and the theme of the, the Women's Conference is a lot. So just being present and hearing the word that God has placed on the speaker's heart, it gives you the key to unlock those doors. What I say, gems of that you can use for your destiny. God has placed a destiny in all of us and they give us the resources and the tools to keep moving and walking out that destiny every day. So if you have a passion for a business or you have a passion for ministry, or you have a passion to just work with children. They will give you the resources and the encouragement and the key to unlock those doors. So where you have the confidence through the word to walk through those doors and walk through your destiny and reach as many people as possible. So that's my experience at the Women's Conference and I encourage you all to come and gather around the good stuff. Hi. I'd like to invite you to our annual Unlocked Women's Conference. It's a great time of fellowship with other women, a time of refreshing, a time of empowerment, a time to get ready for the rest of the year. So I hope to see you there July 15th and 16th this year. As I left the Unlocked Ladies Conference last year, I felt so encouraged in the Lord as I listened to awesome women of God share God's word with a new fresh anointing. There was personal ministry time, personal prayer time. It was really a great time in the Lord. My most favorite part though, was meeting ladies from other places as we connected and we shared the testimonies of God's goodness. I would encourage you to not miss out. This year's Ladies Unlocked Conference will be held here in Gonzales, July the 15th and 16th. Don't miss out. Register online today. I look forward to seeing you there. Hi, my name is Marquise, and I'm so excited to invite you to our Unlocked Women's Conference. I love these conferences because they provide times of refreshing and revival and community. It gives us an opportunity to not only hear the word, not only to be moved by the Holy Spirit in the services, but to also get to be in community with other like-minded believers. It is a powerful time. And I always leave the conference encouraged and refocused to carry out the will of God in my life. 
So I encourage you to come to our conference in July. It will be life-changing for you and your family. Conference 2022. Are you excited this morning? Really? <laughs> well, I am truly excited to be here with you this year, um, especially after uh, the years that we have just come off of with the pandemic. You can't hear me? Okay with the pandemic, so I'm glad that we are able to gather here. I'm, I'm just excited that this weekend, the Holy Spirit is going to do some great things. We have just come off of a great uh, time with uh, Bishop Tudor Bismarck at our church, and just some things that were discussed, some things, some revelation that we've seen, but how many of you are ready for a revival, right? How many of you are ready to walk through doors that you didn't imagine you can walk through? Well, how many of you know sometimes those doors are locked, right? By circumstances, experiences, situations, uh, even of our own doing that we know of and even of our ancestors and our parents and our uh, people before us, of their doing that we didn't know of. But this weekend, you're going to be unlocked. We have an assignment, or at least I have an assignment, that I'm going to assign to you all. And by the end of this conference, we're going to unlock some doors, um, knock down some walls, uh, come against some generational curses. But we're going to unlock everything that God has for us. We want to see the manifestation of it now, not later. But God promised us we will see it now. So with that being said, as you are... Um, and if you have not received your badge, and if you haven't received your bag and your notebook and pen, please get that from the registration desk. Because in, with that pen and notebook, I want you to take the opportunity to write down some things that was spoken against you, whether it was you, whether it was someone close to you, someone not close to you, some things that you have seen in your life that walls need to be torn down, that breakthrough needs to happen. And I'm urging you to write it down. Why? Because whether young or old, seasoned or unseasoned, we all forget, right? And we want to tear some things down that have directly affected us from walking through our purpose and our assignment, right? So with that being said, write some things down. Take the opportunity through this weekend to write some things down. And then I'm gonna effectively show you what God gave me on how to pray with those things and break those walls down and unlock those doors. Starting with the first person, and I'm telling you, take some awesome notes here. So whatever, this is our intercessor, our lead into head intercessor at our church. Um, and when I tell you with an Anna anointing, powerful, powerful woman of God, there is no doubt in my mind that she hears from the Holy Spirit. 
There's no doubt in my mind that when she prays, demons tremble and flee because she knows the power and authority that she has in the blood of Jesus. So with that being said, let's give a warm welcome to Miss Mary Bangs. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, and thank you for coming. I know you're going to be blessed in this conference this year. Um, as I was seeking the Lord, he led me to the scripture on Ezekiel in chapter 1, and he said, the heavens were open, and I saw the visions of God. And the hand of the Lord was upon Ezekiel the priest. And I looked, and behold, and I saw the whirlwind come out of the north. And then a fire enfolding itself. A brightness was about it, about the midst thereof, the color of amber, and, and it was out of the midst of that fire. So I believe in God today that he is speaking his word to us, that we are going to experience an open heaven. The heavens that open will bring you, what does it say here? It said, and I saw the visions of God. He's going to reveal himself to you. You're going to see him in a way you have never seen him before. He's going to reveal his kingdom to you, his power to you, his grace to you, and his love to you. Then he said, then the hand of the Lord was upon, so I'm speaking this morning, that the hand of the Lord is going to be upon the priest. Every speaker that comes into this podium and speaks, the hand of the Lord is going to be upon them to speak through them the message that God has given them to you so that you can receive. So we're asking God to open today our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and take us into a new level in him. Amen. Let the wind come. Let the whirlwind come. Let the anointing flow and let there be the fire of God to purge us and to send his Holy Spirit to us to refine us in every way in Jesus name amen hallelujah hallelujah we already off to a good start so let's see the lesson today that I'm going to give you is speak life into your situation speak life Proverbs 8, 6 says, I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth in righteousness, and there is nothing forward or perverse in them. An average man speaks 25,000 words in a given day. And the Bible has much to say about our words and our speech. James said, every man be slow to speak and quick to hear. The more you speak, the more you're vulnerable to say something you wish you didn't say. The Bible speaks of the quality of our speech. When you add fuel to the fire, you only make matters worse. We need to pray, God, set a watch to my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. David said, let every word of my mouth, every meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. James also said that wherewith bless we God with the Father and therewith curse we men. We are made after the similitude that are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursing, my brethren, and these things ought not to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same time place um, sweet water and bitter? 
Out of your mouth should not be blessing one moment and then cursing the next. Listen, keep your eyes open and listen to wisdom because wisdom is crying out to mankind to speak righteously because wisdom and righteousness are the key words and they go together. Their words give life. In our society today, we speak bad language that we don't even know that we are even doing it. It's a counterproductive way that you are releasing by the tongue. Why do we curse? Is there a spirit behind it? Matthew tells us, let your yeses be simply yes and, simply, and your noes be simply no. And anything more than that comes from the evil one. He said, have integrity in what you say. By reinforcing your words with cursing, it comes straight from the pit. Why would Satan want us to be involved in wrong words? Because it desensitizes the people to the reality of damnation that it is eternal. He is seeking constantly to erode your life, your family, your co-worker, and your neighbor by debasing. It deflates and depresses and devalues. It devalues your character by the price of being popular or trying to prove yourself to be right. According to Proverbs 18.21, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit of it. We must have a standard of holiness. Even our words must be sowed in righteousness and flourish to be a blessing to others. God uses our mouth of the righteous to bring deliverance, but the mouth of the wicked brings bondage. Right words will stem from right thoughts. With your words, you help and heal those that are hurt and who are suffering because of lies. With your words, you bring joy to the depressed and to the worried. Opportunity like these are given by God. So be wise and speak light. Speak healing to a hurting people. Isaiah said this as he saw the Lord. He said, woe is me of unclean lips, and I dwell among people with unclean lips. And an angel placed a coal on his lips. The burning of his lips he confessed before the Lord, and it cleansed his mouth to convert it to blessings. It is so much purer to bless than to curse. When you hear the profanity and the wickedness and the pollution, they have the liberty to say cursing. Well, we have the liberty to bless in Jesus' name. When you start doing it, it becomes easy to bless. In doing so, you'll be walking in wisdom, in wholeness, in purity, in righteousness, in solidness of life and health as the word intends for you to do. In Job 22:28, he said, you will decree a thing and it shall be established for you and so light will shine upon your way. Scriptures are filled with principles that support the power of the tongue. There is creative force behind your words that are spoken. Our faith and our words are connected. The scripture refers to your royal anointing, the favor that God has put upon those that belong to him. Confessing what you want God to do is different from declaring what he is saying right now while we are under the glory. It reminds me of a story when Samuel went to David and poured anointing over his head to signify that he would be the next king. Samuel didn't bring him a crown, but anointed him with oil a symbol of the Holy Spirit and God's blessings and approval. It was many years later before David actually wore the crown, but from the moment he was anointed, he was already um, a king in God's eyes. 
Good things begin to happen to him almost immediately as he started looking at his world through eyes of blessings and then not of eyes of failure. He knew he could overcome the bear and the lion, and then he knew he could overcome the giant. He knew that he could take authority and overcome everything that threatened his ascent to the throne. And you too must take authority and overcome everything that is a threatening to your ascent to the realm of your success and prosperity. David dealt with his enemy with conviction and used the authority. And this is what he said. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God of Israel. Then all the assemblies shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands. David used his right to decree and declare and to turn the tides of Israel's unfavorable fate to defeat the enemy Goliath. And the key here is that he used his tongue to release it so that it unlocked certain dimensions for the defeat of the enemy. The power of God's word being spoken defeats the stronghold of destruction. We too are in a battle and pray violently against the enemy and the forces that seek to deceive and defile and destroy those that are around us. Are you praying and decreeing, decreeing and declaring over your family that Satan does not get a foothold? Are you using the sword, speaking the word of the Lord over them? God is going to put his word in your mouth. And when you speak, they will be words that changes the dynamics of the spiritual atmosphere and landscape. You have seen the work of the enemy and you have seen the work of men against you. And you have seen plenty of chaos and trouble that has tried to destroy your heart toward God. I don't know the steps of obedience that God is currently calling you to take, but let me be a gentle encourager to keep going. Find the path of the Holy Spirit and set your face of flint to conquer that enemy. And do not start, stop short of victory. God is working things out. He still can be trusted. And you're about to face a miraculous turnaround. God is doing things beyond the scenes. The decree is that God is about to surprise you in that place of pain, in that place of heartache, in that place of contending, you are going to cross over to your breakthrough. So stand in the middle of all of that and decree that God is good, that he never changes, and great shall be the banner of his faithfulness. God's word never returns void. It accomplishes what it was sent forth to do. God uses our voice as we pray and proclaim his word by announcing it and making it known. It is not us. It is the word of God that is the power that carries out his will and accomplishes where he sends it. Look at the world today and the speaking of words because one woman spoke against prayer. It's taking out of the schools. So Esther stood up and used her voice approaching the king to make her request. The time came for the king's command and his decree to be executed. And on that very day, the enemy of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. But the opposite occurred, the Bible says, in that the Jews overpowered them that hated them, and no one could withstand them. How did they defeat them? With the stroke of the sword. 
Now the tables are turned in their favor. The key is the power of words placed in her mouth caused a death sentence for her people to be changed to freedom. And the plot to kill the Jews was stopped. And Haman ended up on the same gallows that he prepared for them. Your voice in prayer alters events and causes a divine turnaround. I'm not talking about naming and claiming it, but living by what God has ordained for our life, by his example, by his word, and in holiness. We need to understand what it truly means to be kingdom-minded. The key is to speak out what the king is declaring, hearing the proclaimed word of the Lord, and put it to work in your life. Jeremiah said, the Lord reached his hand down on me and touched my mouth and said, now I put my words in your mouth. See today, I've appointed you over the nations to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overflow, overthrow, to build and to plant. With the word of the Lord, we root out sin. We build up people's lives and kingdoms. The, the God's word is used to build and plant, and he tears down with anticipation of building anew. We see the power given to Jeremiah as the Lord put his word in Jeremiah's mouth. Just as he provided him with the words, he has provided us with his word. True power is not sharing with people what you think, but the power of God is in his spoken word. Take the word of God to heart and speak it as he tells you to proclaim and watch God do the rest. The devil wants you to believe that words will never hurt you, but the Bible said that death and life are in the power of the tongue. This lets me know that words have the ability to either make your situation good or evil. By the words of the mouth you shall be justified, and by the words thou shalt be condemned. Jesus made Peter confess three times that he loved him to erase the curse that he put on himself by denying Jesus three times. The first place that Peter denied Jesus was to a servant girl in the firelight. Jesus said to Peter, feed my lambs. Peter had words of denial, but Jesus had words of acceptance and love. Every word spoken against your children, your marriage, your finances needs to be canceled out with positive words. You need to say everything I put my hands to do will prosper. You need to say as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By doing so, you're canceling out the unconstructive words and speaking vivacity by speaking the promise and the will of God over them. In Numbers, it reads, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do the very thing I heard you say. God said, As truly as I live and as I am alive, what you've spoken, you're going to get. Every time you face a problem and complain, you're making confession against me, against me, against my word, and against my promises. It brings unbelief, and you're looking for someone to blame. Well, Moses began to intercede for the people based on God's character, and this pardon was overturned by his prayer. That's why he told his disciples, when you pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on heaven as it is in earth. The spiritual needs to be manifested here in the physical. Jesus gave multiple examples of how to operate in the physical realm with his kingdom people. He spoke to the wind and the seas obeyed. He spoke to the dead and life was restored. He spoke to the blind and they received their sight. 
He spoke to the lame, and they began to walk. He spoke to the sick, and they were healed. He spoke to the water, and it turned to wine. He spoke to demons, and they had to obey. He spoke death in the grave and said, Death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is your victory? He gave us the example of how to speak and decree a thing so that it can be established unto us. In Mark 4, we find the story of Jesus and his disciples when they were on a boat in the Sea of Galilee. Jesus in the back of the boat slept, and a storm arises. The disciples panicked and said, Master, careth not that we perish. Jesus got up and spoke to the wind and the waves and said, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. That was not a petition or a prayer for request. It was a command. It was a, re it was a decree to be still, a direct command of a person of authority. The speaking of the word from the Lord activated in faith by his authority, and the storm had to obey, and the result was peace. Our faith is tested in the storms of life. If the disciples held on to the word, they would not have panicked. All you need to do is have a mustard seed of faith. If you only have that to start to pray, it's enough to get things happening. Doors to open, and it will change the way you speak. The Bible said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, I will say there is a connection to your faith and what you say, what is coming out of your mouth. When you hold on to other things like depression, despair, anxiety, that you begin to say crazy things. Worry is destructive. It causes a doubtful mind. Worry means to strangle. It emptiness of our strength. Worry is deceptive. It gives a false view of us. It convinces us of what life is made up of and what we are to wear and eat. It is deformative. It cannot I add to your life. How can you be a witness with anxiety and worry? Let the word of God form you. Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And he rebuked the disciples because they had the power to do the very same thing, but they didn't put that power to work into action. So many times in life we are beaten and battered by the storms of life. It seems as though the disciples said, we ask the question, Jesus, don't you even care about what I'm going through? We cry out in desperation, Lord, help me. And he says, I've given you power and authority. Release it by faith by using your mouth and say to the mountain, depart, and it will have to listen to you. I will decree and I will declare the decree what the Lord has said. Your every decree is pregnant with the power and potential and the potential to revolutionize your life. Every word you speak is pregnant with regal and creative power. Now talk about it. Line your mouth up with the word, the rudder of your life, with where you are going. Then keep it on a steady course. What happens if the ship is headed in one direction one moment, and then it turns the opposite direction the next? And keep doing that over and over. Pretty simple. It goes nowhere. That is what happened when people start speaking about good things that they're expecting to happen one minute and then spend the next half hour talking about all the negative things that happened to them that are keeping them from getting there. They're turning their lives in circles. They line up their spoken word where they want to go for a little while, and then when they meet a storm along the way, all they do is talk about the bad weather, the bad times, and lose track of where they were headed in the first place. 
they forget that they had the power to turn their life around in the storm and press on through it until the sun shines on the other side. Even in the midst of what looks like a catastrophe, keep speaking that blessing. Keep the ship of your life on a steady course. And before you know it, the storm clouds will clear and you will have broken through your difficulty and left it far behind you. Tell your troubles where to go. Death in life is not in the power of the devil. So many times we say the devil is trying to destroy me, and that is true. That is his job. But sometimes it's not the devil. It is the words we speak in our own lives. Death in life is not in the power of your bank account. It is not in the power of your circumstances or your situation. It is not in the position or people that we know. Death in life is in the power of the tongue. Prayer depends on God's word because its message is the truth and its power. Satan is an opportunist. He comes after you while you are down. Satan's behind every childhood victimization. He is behind every suicide and every scandalous fall of a righteous man. Satan fights dirty. In Psalms 77, there was perplexity and despair. There's a sigh of trouble and darkness with no comfort. The invasion of the enemy came and the psalmist cries out, Oh, I'm so troubled. My life is an open wound that won't heal. My friends say, everything's going to turn out all right. Go to the movies. Go out and have fun. Treating despair so lightly. I shake my head. I didn't believe a word they said. I bowed my head and wringed my hands in frustration because of unanswered prayer. This kind of struggle causes the eyes not to close, but to stay awake all night. Not a wink of sleep, but stare into the darkness and see dreadful things. The anguish of the soul causing no words to come forth. The woe is too big for utterance. Day and night I cry, what's wrong, Lord? What's happening, Lord? I can't even say what's bothering me. I have questions wondering, how do I get my life together? We hear the psalmist sigh of trouble with a stirring within. It seems God isn't there, there the way that he once was. In seeking God, he said, just my luck, the high God goes out of business just when I need him. But then, in the next verse, he spe his speaking begins to take a sudden turn. And why is this? He is now taking consideration, and we need to do the same. When we go through times of discouragement, when everything around me is going up in smoke, when things seem fuzzy, it's important to take a sila, a pause, to let your perspective and your speech change from God is nowhere to God is here now. To accomplish this, we must pray. We need to pray to shift into a baptism of another level of the Holy Spirit's anointing. And the only way to get it is by the spirit of the living God. We need to tap into that word prayer and let the Holy Spirit take control. It is time to move and press into every changing power of his. It's time to engage your tongue, your speaking, your language. And I'm talking about the gift God gave you to use in times like these. He filled them with the Holy Ghost and with power and they spoke with other tongues. The power of life and death is in your tongue. You are to build up your holy faith and to stir up your most holy faith by praying in it, by praying bold prayers, speaking mysteries. 
You have a bold shout to come forth. Stand up and speak life. Let your voice be like a trumpet and shout unto God. Isaiah said to shout and not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet and call yourself back to prayer. Call your loved ones to Christ with the throat, with an open mouth, with a full voice. When you speak low, you use your lips. God does not want lip service. Cry out with all of your strength. Speak aloud. Speak so the language can be heard. Proclaim God's goodness. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Shout with the voice of triumph. Shout with the voice of victory. And the walls will come down. And the word of the Lord is to you today. Don't let where you are prophesy where you will stay. Don't let where you are prophesy where you will stay. I hear the Lord saying, you have heard. Now apply my word. You have seen, therefore, know the way that is prepared before you. Walk in that way, and all things will come to a place of victory in your life. For if you have recognized your potential in me this day, that fountain of faith, that great fountain of faith will release all things that are necessary for you to be victorious in your life. Your faith will be intact when the devil comes in like a flood. And you will raise up a standard of victory before him, even before he comes in your house. So run to the wall. Raise that standard of victory. Declare your freedom. Declare that you are victorious in all situations, ruling over your circumstances. And when that happens, it will become an opportunity for you to come up higher than you ever have before. Who am I speaking to today? If there was ever a word in in this lesson that meant something to you today, I want you to line up across the front here. Right now, come quickly, come quickly, come quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to stir up the gift in front, inside of you. I want you to be begin to declare and decree. I want you to begin to speak in your holy language. He said, I don't know what I'm saying. You're speaking mysteries unto God. I want you to bold prayers, strong prayers, assertive prayers. Kick the devil out right now because change is coming in this room right now and a turnaround is coming in your events right now. I believe it in the name of the Lord. So I declare and decree that you will dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I say that you will dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. And everything that's been misaligned, I command it to come now into alignment. That you will have the mind of Christ. And therefore seek the things that are above and we will not seek the things that are below. I say that you will ascend into the realms of power and authority and have new access into revelation. That you will wear the helmet of salvation and it will protect your mind from every negative thought that has come your way. And that you will walk in truth and integrity. I say that the righteous will be protected. I say that the gospel of peace 
will guide your every step and that the shield of faith will secure your future and your destiny and that the sword of the spirit grants you dominion and authority. I speak these words over you that new cycles of victory and success and prosperity will, it will be in your life and that old cycles of failure, old cycles of death and old cycles of poverty will go in the name of Jesus. Today is the dawning of a new day. Your season of frustration and failure is over. It's over. It's over. And you will walk in a season of success and prosperity. Old things have passed away and all things become new from this moment on. From this moment on. Give your troubles to Jesus. Let it go and let him do it because he's well capable of doing it. In Psalms 25, ministers to you, let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee, that your thoughts are governed only by things that are true, factual, noble, righteous, reputable, well thought of, authentic, genuine, compelling, persuasive, gracious, pleasurable, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise and not to curse, so that your way may prosper. Amen. Thank you.
Jesus. 